Welcome to the Fretboard Confessional. My name is Chris McKee. And I'm Cooper Greenberg. And we are here with a very special guest today. It is our Alamo Music Taylor rep extraordinaire, J.R. Robinson. Hello. Hi, J.R. Hi. Robinson. Robinson. That's not, how you say not it. Not Robinson. No N in the middle. And not Robison. <laughs> no. And or not Robinson. 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 Yeah, it's just Robinson. For the longest time, and I don't know if it was autocorrect or something, but in my iPhone, he was J.R. Robinson, and I didn't even realize it for the long And then he kept calling me, and I'm like, who's Robinson? It sounds sad. Oh, it's J.R. Okay. So, that can be sad. It yeah. can be sad sometimes. <laughs> Anyways, the Fretboard Confessional is brought to you by Alamo Music, and they are brought to you by Alamo Music because they pay our salaries. So, yay. <laughs> Thanks for the sponsorship, Alamo. Uh, so, anyways, JR, I'm glad you're here. We've been wanting to get you into our uh, makeshift studio. You got to visit and watch us do some of our YouTube videos today. Yeah, I've seen a million of your videos and love them. Great, great series of videos. And so I wanted to see how the sausage was made, you know, stay behind the scenes and kind of see some of the, the jokes and outtakes. I'm impressed. Like, Cooper did not do a second take on any guitar playing. That's right. Neither did you. You guys both did really well. That's because Cooper doesn't mess up, and when I do, I just leave it in. (laughs) Honestly, I was so happy with how it went today because there are plenty of other days when I do, like, five takes. Really? Every once in a while, I'll start, and I'll hit a note, and I'll be like, nope, nope, that's all good. Nope, one more time. And then I'll mess up even earlier than that, and it's a compounding thing. It gets worse and worse, so best behavior today. Well, people don't know how hard it is to look into a camera, you can know exactly what you want to talk about. That's why this is an audio podcast, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you notice I wasn't on the video uh, that they just shot. Uh, but no, it's difficult, to, especially to play, and a song that you played a million times, there's something about that red light. It's, it's powerful. Well, you've done some of that for Taylor. I have, and they they replaced me as, as soon as they could. <laughs> but it's okay, I mean, because it's stressful. You, know? you have that moment, was it the meme, right? Like, you can play perfectly by yourself, and the minute you try to show your friends, hey, look at what I learned on guitar, you just flub it. Oh, yeah. And it's even worse if you go to record it. Yeah, you can play perfectly, and then once you get an $8,000 Taylor guitar with the Taylor rep sitting five feet in front of you, I was sweating. A little sweating. Bit. I, was, I couldn't tell. Even with those lights, I couldn't see, I couldn't see any sweat. On there. <laughs> I, I long ago, I mean, I'll, I'll do some additional takes sometimes, but um, long ago, I made the decision of like, okay, I'm going to try not to, like, even if I flub, and I'll just say, you know, if this guitar is not comfortable for me and I miss a note then just whatever that speaks for itself. But there's been some moments where I have literally forgotten how to play the song that I wrote. Right. You know, correct. That's the power of the camera. Yes. Or the microphone. It happens the most often on the little blues ditty that I made, which is nothing but a bunch of like cliche blues things thrown together. But it's like, I've suddenly forgot where I am on the fretboard. And there's been moments where we've stopped and I've looked at like the camera crew and go like, I don't remember how the song goes. Line. <laughs> yeah. So where do we go from here? Anyways, well, we, we we're glad to have you. Uh, you know, we're gonna sell tickets from now on, and it's gonna be in front of a live studio audience, simulcast in Espanol. Well, since you're here with us today, we are going to take advantage of asking you a series of extremely personal, thought-provoking, and difficult questions for you that you have no privy to. I asked um, for the questions you beforehand. Did. Yeah, he said, yes. you, you know, this is the proper etiquette. I'm like, <laughs> I don't care. Um, we, we are not going to afford you the opportunity to know what the questions are ahead of time. All right, fire away. So, now th- we're going to start with some softball questions here. So, Cooper, why don't you take the first one there? What's a guitar? No, that's I'm just not kidding. the question. <laughs> that's, that's deep. That's more Ooh. philosophical. That's an hour. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Metaphysical. All right. All right. First question is, how long have you been working for Taylor Guitars? I will be celebrating the 18-year anniversary this October. 
October 19th. Yeah. I thought wow. you were like 26 years old, dude. I have, it's the chubby cheeks. Yeah. It's the baby it's, face. It keeps me youthful. It's funny. So the other day, my wife's like, oh, gray hairs. She found the first gray hairs right on top of my head. A couple, just a little patch right up here. And sure enough, yeah. So it's it's all downhill. Now I'll look like Gandalf in, you know, probably a couple months. So. You have to grow a beard to look like Gandalf. <laughs> I still can't. Grow. We've had this conversation, right? Like, I can grow the beard, but I have no hair. You've got thick hair, but you cannot grow a beard. No, people can't see, but there's three people at this table, and they all have these just luxurious beards and i'm like you know hey can i <laughs> can i get some uh, you know whatever no uh so if you want to go see a movie we have to get you in is that what you're saying yeah well i'm 45 <laughs> i just turned 45 so yeah I'm, I'm five years away from 50 and uh yeah still can't grow a beard and i got like three gray hairs but it's cool i have i have a lot of other problems <laughs> so so the, it's October is it will be 18th? October 19th. Yeah. Same day as my birthday or my wife's birthday. Excuse okay. Me. Wow. Yeah. And so at Taylor, the whole time you've been there, you have not been a rep. Is that correct? No, no. I, I started in the customer service department and there's like five or six people still in that department. It's not a big call center when you call Taylor for a problem. So, you know, problem What on a Taylor guitar, you know, we have a lifetime warranty for the original owner. So that's a, a very important kind of why to why buy a Taylor. As long as you buy it from a you know, dealer like Alamo Music, you get your warranty free of, uh, you know, manufacturing defects for the life. So yeah, four years there, I actually, um, with no repair background, just a guitar player, uh, they trained me how to inspect and evaluate and, you know, diagnose humidity and nut nut height and saddle height and you know fret wear and just things that you just I thought I knew everything in my little corner of the world and then you come to Taylor and you just wow there's so many people that know so much it's called the Taylor Re-Education Center I think so yeah <laughs> so you're just like okay I know nothing just school me and just you know I remember sitting at that bench we get about you know back in the day 20 to 25 repairs a day yeah and uh, you unbox them you open them up you inspect them and uh, my buddy Glenn Wolf, who uh, manages service, he would just be like, what's that? And I'd be like, it's uh, Grand Auditorium. He'd be like, wrong. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just doing that, you know, day in, day out for, you know, four years. So you get to see some really cool guitars, guitars that have gone out in the world, guitars that have been, you know, played just hours and hours of shows by the beach, all covered in sand and salt water, right? And guitars that are dirty, guitars that are, um, you know, have glow-in-the-dark tape on them, guitars with crazy string setup, guitars with all locks on the cases, like the craziest lock setup you've ever seen with hoses that are gaffer taped to the outside. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then you get to see the things that people include in their cases from, you know, lyrics and, you know, capos and, uh, you know, uh, poems and photos of their dog. and you know. materials? <laughs> Snacks. I, I'm, I've heard of some things like that. Yeah, but for the most part, it's... Uh, it's like if you're sending your guitar back to the factory, remove the illicit materials from the case. We tell them to do that. We tell them, hey, take everything out of your case, but it's amazing. And then, I don't know if you guys are like, what's the, what the rattlesnake rattle in the guitar? Like, oh, where, yeah. where's the history with that? I think that's always cool. It's cool. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's some special mojo. I've heard some people talk about that before. I I know guys who still do it, put it in the guitar. Yeah. It's like some special mojo. It's a percussive, you know, kind of thing. Or people that just never clean their fretboard. And yes. it's like, I don't do that because, you know, that's like my mojo. It's like, no, it's just gross, man. Clean clean your fretboard. <laughs> I heard tell that, was it Mike Campbell from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers? He, like, fires guitar techs if they clean his fretboards. Oh, really? That's what I've heard. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it. That's yeah. kind of cool. I, I guess. It depends. <laughs> I, I guess that depends upon who's playing and what they have on their hands beforehand. So, uh, so 18 years, 18 years. Yeah. What'd you do before you got to Taylor? Oh man. Uh, all kinds of jobs that I, I never, I never liked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Have you ever been the bad employee? 
where you worked? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I, I really feel like I'm, I'm a good employee and I love where I work and I love what I do. And yeah, I've sold, uh, the only thing I've ever sold is musical instruments. Um, and so I've sold other things that I just wasn't really excited to sell. Yeah. You know, this has a solid spruce top and that, and that's all you have to say that's nice about the guitar. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And then you, you're trying to romanticize the whole thing. Yeah. So to be able to go to Taylor and, and, you know, truly believe in what you're talking about, what you're selling and the company and everything's been, yeah, pretty cool. So yeah, I started, uh, in a little, little music store in San Diego, still around Music Mart and, uh, they're now in Solana beach and, uh, they got on with Costco wholesale. They would do a little traveling music stores and Costco's. And so I did that for eight years. So waking up in the morning in uh, Motel 6, which all looks the same. They all have the tam- same bedspreads and same you know, shower curtains and everything. <laughs> and then you go to Costco. They all look the same. And then we, we ate at Denny's. Yeah. So whatever you want. Here's the company card. You just you grand slam it to your heart's content <laughs> and go for it. <laughs> What's great about Denny's is you know that you, it won't kill you. Will it not? No, and like you won't get food poisoning from Denny's. I think that's what I've heard is the safe bet. Really? Yeah. It's well, it's kind of like have you ever been to Waffle House? And it looks like for sure I'm getting food poisoning. Yeah. But I've never gotten food poisoning at Waffle House. No. Those are two great decisions though. Late <laughs> night though, Denny's and Waffle House. What is, what is the food poisoning based on? Just like because it's not food. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, I'm shots you know, fired. Denny's is gonna send us a cease and desist. Gyms for life, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's probably I don't know. It's it's I've just never heard of anyone dying after eating at Denny's. The other nice thing about Denny's is that it's you it's hear always people dying from other places. <laughs> other places, sure. Um, I mean, Chipotle, that's a whole different. Well, story. Well, yeah. See, that was national news. Did did Denny's ever end up in national news for E. coli? I'm just saying. I mean that that band played there. You remember that one? <laughs> <laughs> we got to come back to gyms though, because because I've never I've driven by a millions of the. So I do I need to go? Do I need to? Yeah, go? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Gyms is, and that brings me to the my next question. Okay. So the reason that Jr. is able to be here and be on this podcast with us re- relatively easy compared to past life is you live here now. I do. I moved here last May, and I'm 30 minutes from here. And yeah, it's I I love Texas. I love love living here. I've been in California my whole life. Um, like I said, just turned 45 uh, last month in February. And uh, yeah, we're we're enjoying enjoying being here. Cool. Well, we're glad to have you. So, since you've moved to Texas with everyone else from California, um, <laughs> I have to ask you what you love about being here, but what do you miss about living in California? That's a, a really good question. Um, I guess where I was living, uh, my only place I could really afford to live is pretty far from everything. So you had to drive through an Indian reservation to get to my house, and I lived 45 minutes from Taylor, and I lived an hour from the airport. So just flying to see you guys was, you know, I'm a good boy, so I, I show up to the flight, you know, two hours before my flight, and uh, I had to drive an hour to get to the That's airport. three hours. Yeah. yeah, and then it's almost three hours in the plane to get here, and then, like, really all I accomplished that day was getting here. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, like, just this week, I got up on Wednesday, I drove to Corpus, and I got to see dealers down there, and, you know. And, and uh, in, you know, in bed same day. So that's, that's, that's pretty nice. kind of cool. And that's impressive given how big Texas is. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I wanted San Antonio. Not only is it great people, great culture, amazing food. I've, I've just eaten completely recklessly since I've been here. I need to get my act together. Um, but it's also just perfectly centrally located. I can bounce down, you know, down here, like I said, 30 minutes, two and a half hours to Corpus. We got three and a half hours to Houston, four hours and change to Dallas. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. And yeah. then and I flew to Nashville the other day, my first flight in two years, and that was only two hours. It used to be four. So, yeah. And the airport's 25 minutes from my house. 
So is this why everyone's moving to Texas from San Antonio? You know what? I, I wanted to do it before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, Taylor's always had captive reps. Uh, even you know, even to this day, the New York rep lives in California. The Canada rep lives in California, and we've had some reps that have moved. Eric Sakimoto lives in the uh, lives in Colorado. He's the Pacific Northwest rep. And uh, and uh, Rich Cachado, he lives in Iowa. And Donnie, Donnie Rod, Don Rodriguez, he lives in Miami and is the Southeast rep. And so, yeah, now we're all stationed. Of course, we have an amazing kind of team of uh, reps that live uh, you know, abroad. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a, a national, international organization now. So. so what have you missed moving here? What I've missed, um, honestly, I love Tex-Mex. But you guys do tacos here, not burritos here. Right. Right? And burritos are bigger than tacos. Okay. Yeah, so that's my first, you know, and no, I'm kidding. But really, uh, <laughs> I love Tex-Mex, but I just, there's something about a California burrito with carne asada and French fries, not potatoes, just French fries and guacamole. So I do miss California Mexican food, but I love Tex-Mex. I will say there's a new place that just opened up that's just California burritos near the medical center. Really? I've been trying to check it out. If you ever want to swing by Babcock and go to that, that's our other location. We're downtown right now. Babcock and Fort just, you know, for the listeners. But if you ever want to go over there and check it out, I'll meet you over there. I'll bring us some California burritos. Deal. Too. Yeah. Deal. We'll do it. They got French fries. They got asada. They got everything. I'm all about it. Let's do it. Because yeah. the thing, like, that's the only thing food-wise that California has, quote, unquote, maybe on Texas. Maybe. I'm just yeah. saying maybe. Are the Las Palapas burritos not big enough? They're good. It's not It's not size. Oh, it's, okay. It's, it's a seasoning. It's what's in there? Yeah. And I, believe me, I love it. I've I've eaten there many times. Like, that's, <laughs> that's a thing. And there's a... We have... Bill Miller barbecue, I think, is like probably just standard barbecue for Texas as far as some of the it's good. It's fast food barbecue. But it's five minutes from my house. Yeah. There's nowhere you can go in Southern California to get it's it's meat. Yeah. Phil's barbecue is like and it's all the sides, the things you like, but it's like this is kind of just pretending. Sorry, Phil. This was bait. It's not even close, you guys. Is this smoked? Well, we used liquid smoke. Oh, you know what? Those the smoke shack. Yeah. I told you they're in the airport now. Yeah. So the place that has the worst parking lot in San Antonio and a line out the door and just like, but they have a brisket grilled cheese sandwich. That's amazing. I'm sorry. I'm going to talk about food. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about guitars. <laughs> but that's really it. It's, it's food based. And then obviously, you know, my family, you know, um, when I, when I told, I have a very big family. When I told them I was moving to Texas, there's a lot of people that said, why? It's like, why? Like, what do you mean, why? Texas is awesome. Like, really? You don't know why? You need to go yeah. and see for yourself. I've been auditioning Texas for 13 years and, and visiting here, and it was like, it's going to happen. So I finally did. Yeah. yeah, we had talked about it for years. So Totally. Yeah. It was when you <laughs> called me, like, hey, it's happening. I'm like, for real? Like, for real, for real? For yeah. Real? Yeah, so. It actually it actually happened. I called Zach, uh, your owner, and, and I, he got me hooked Not up with Not my owner, but yeah. the owner of the... <laughs> the owner of Alamo like Music, sometimes. Yeah, Alamo Music. Dance monkey. <laughs> <laughs> no, he got me hooked up with a real estate agent and, uh, you know, finance person, and yeah, here we are. That's so, cool. Yeah. Well, we are glad to have you. Thank you. Burritos, in spite of it. <laughs> yeah, keep me on track, because I'll just talk about food. Yeah, give me. Give <laughs> okay, me on. we'll talk about guitars. All right, please. What's the favorite guitar you own? It's it's my Tele, honestly. Like my favorite guitar that I own. I'm an electric player, so yeah. you'd think that I would, you know, my my house would be decked in cedar, and I would, you know, <laughs> be Mr. Acoustic. I love acoustic guitars. So my favorite electric guitar, definitely my, uh, you know, Ash Tele. It's a Mexico body with an American, you know special neck mm -hmm. it's a great great guitar my favorite acoustic 
it really goes back and forth. You know, I had an 811 for a while, and then I actually sold my 811, GT811E, to I was going to say, it's a GT811E, yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah, I got to make rep. sure I get that right. See, you're talking to me as a fan, not a Taylor representative <laughs> right now. And so when we came up with that limited edition 611, GT611E, the maple version, before I even heard it, I was like, that's going to be my guitar. I know it's going to be amazing. And then I got it as a sample and played it, and I was like, this is it. This is absolutely the guitar I'm going to buy. And then... I played the eighty twenty seventy flame top, mm-hmm. and it was over. Yeah. So, and I haven't got that yet. They're building it for me right now, and uh, and I'll get it in, and it'll it'll be amazing. And then I have a ninety three five twelve, that is amazingly. Now cool you've told too. me the story about this before. You should share that because that's kind of unique. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know our our customer service department. You know, like I said, we have the lifetime warranty for the original owner, and so somebody from Maine sent the guitar in because it had a finish problem, and the finish was kind of graying, and it was, you know, we had, in in the early 90s, we, there was a, a little bit of a window where we had some finish problems, and it was one of those guitars, so I love when, you know, that was my job. I'd receive the guitar, I'd inspect it, and then you call the customer, and every so often, if we can't fix your guitar to first quality, every so often we might replace a guitar, so we'll give them the option. Okay, we're going to refinish it, or, but if we do refinish it, just so you know, we're going to sand that finish off, and then we're going to sand wood with it, and you're probably going to get a different sounding guitar back. And I love the customers that would say, then that's fine. Just don't touch it. I love my guitar. Send it back. This particular customer said, nope, that's fine. So, you know, if you can't, I, I don't want it refinished, and go ahead and replace it. So we gave him a brand new 512, and this went into artist stock. Uh, or employee, we have an employee uh, loaner program where employees can take guitars home for you know every so often and, and play different guitars. So it sat there for a while, and I was like, I'm gonna buy that guitar. So I ended up buying a guitar. I got a great deal. Um, we have what we call the friends and family sale every year. Yeah. And uh, Santa Kurt, we call it. You know, Kurt's there at the end of the <laughs> night, and he's making deals for employees and stuff. And I was like, Hey, what about that? And he gave me a good deal. So yeah, I'll never, I'll never sell that guitar. Yeah. The, so that was a late '90s, five twelve cedar mahogany. Early, early '90s. So '93, and it's it's a spruce top, but it looks like cedar. Oh, so okay. it's super dark, patinaed. It's got the um, Grover tuners, of course, and then it, it was actually no electronics. And I, I begged. Uh, Rob McGargle, our service manager, I was like, can you put a blender in this? I wanted a Fishman in it. Barn door blender. A barn door blender. Yeah. Because in high school, I dreamed of having a Taylor guitar. What was the thing? That's it. Then. That's it. Yeah, cut this. And he was just like, no, dude. I'm not cutting <laughs> that hole in that guitar. I'm not doing it. I was like, come on, man. Come on, come on. Come on. And I have other ES guitars, too. Yeah. But I just wanted the, like, old school "Quote unquote classic Taylor with Grover tuners and the uh, the blender and big chunky knobs. Yeah, on man, and stuff, yeah. absolutely. So yeah, it's a cool guitar, and I've played you know a bunch of shows with it. To you know, I joke to ones of people. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard playing original music with acoustic guitar, man. Just you know, banging it out on a Tuesday night and nobody cares, and you know, <laughs> but you're just like, I'm I'm living the dream, man. That's what I'm doing. That's what it's about. People want you get this next one. Well, so the thing is, <laughs> so I get to see you're the videos that you sent to us. You sent out the little, the catch-up videos. You got, I think, visible, you've got eight natural finish guitars. What right? is In the it back? with the natural finishes, right? Like, you, does he have a thing against colored guitars? I just, <laughs> that's racist. <laughs> I love the look of just, just wood grain. I just love, you know, I mean, you don't want to hide it. I get it, like... 
I've sort of sort of painted myself into a natural uh, corner here. They've got a match now. There are guitars <laughs> that I'm like, ooh, that that Sonic Blue is cool, or that you know whatever. But no, um, it's funny. I bought a a guitar. Uh, I went to school up in uh, up in San Luis Obispo area for a while uh, and played in bands and stuff up there. And I remember I got this. God, what was it? It was a Bentley. It was like a Bentley cop. It was like a Tele copy or whatever. And I remember I sanded I sanded the the paint off it. <laughs> and my first acoustic was an old Mitchell GC, you know, exclusive. And I, I sanded the finish nice. off of that too. And so I, I don't know why. I've just always kind of you know gravitated towards that. So the idea was having one of every major, you know, electric That's guitar cool. natural. That's cool. So the question that was a a preface to the question that Chris wrote, which is. Uh, you told us what your favorites are. Do you have a least favorite guitar that you have? I know that's rude, and hopefully they're not listening. <laughs> no, I, just, I love all my guitars. I have the honestly, same. though, for real, I've sold everything that is. There's no trade bait. There's nothing left. I've I I, I sell most of the things. Like if, if if they don't like, I bought a guitar recently. Most expensive guitar I've ever bought. I bought it sight unseen. It came in, and I was just like, nope. I actually sent it back the same day. I, I opened it? it at 10. You no gotta way. Tell us, no dude. way. You gotta tell us. <laughs> I know what it was. Yeah, I told Chris when we talked. But it was, uh, honestly, I unboxed it at 10, and it was at the UPS store with a label on it by noon. It was by a traditional guitar manufacturer. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> we we love all guitars, all guitars. We, we're a fan. But there's certain ones that just don't speak to you yeah. for whatever reason, right? They, they got all the looks, but yeah. not the soul. I'm jumping ahead, but I looked ahead. Yeah. Is there one that you regret selling? <sighs> there is, man. There is, yeah. Um, I had a, uh, I got a, a J200 uh, Gibson. And natural. I bought, yeah, natural, of course, <laughs> just beautiful, beautiful guitar. And I didn't bong with it. I just didn't. Um, it was a jumbo. And even though I'm a big guy, it's just I'm not really a jumbo guy. But I got it from Robert uh, DeGraff, the mm. owner of Sound Vibrations, who, who passed away last yeah. year, unfortunately. So that's one that I'm like, man, I really should. I really should have kept that guitar. And I, I do. I, I, I wish that I still had it. So, yeah, mine I regret selling was a uh, was also a Gibson. That I just didn't bond with. It was a th- ES three thirty six, three thirty nine, three thirty nine. Yeah, the smaller body. Yeah, that's the smaller, on the list. The smaller body, and I love that size. Um, well, you know, and I loved the size. I didn't love the control layout. I didn't realize that you know when you shrank it, everything kind of got a little closer, and I couldn't get comfortable with it. And so I sold it, and I you know, I still want a three thirty five, and not yeah. having that three thirty nine just makes me kind of kick myself a few times, but. It is what it is. <laughs> What's something that you've got your mind on, but you, they don't make it unnatural? Like, this is your message to all manufacturers out there. like uh, A SG standard. Oh, yeah. Because I, I, cool. I have a special yeah. that they made in 06, and I got it from a guy in Vegas. It was all beat up. I call, I call that guitar Cage. Because Nicholas Cage leaving Las Vegas, <laughs> you know, all my guitars have names, or most of them, the cool ones do, and it's all thrash. Does it have that kind of personality too? It does. Exactly. <laughs> That's a good Nicholas Cage. I Thank like you. that. Thank you. I've been um, practicing in front of the mirror. I want to know what, what was the guitar that you, uh, you know, that you sold that you wish you hadn't, there, Cooper. You know, I, I, I have kept most of the things that I have, uh, you know, that I've ever gotten. You're smart. And <laughs> Don't I've been them. trying recently. Chris knows this. Like, you know, being here. Stuff comes in all the time that I want, and I'm trying to get rid of one to make you know make room one for, in, one for out. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to do one in one out. Um, I've got my eyes on a couple different things, but I uh, I just had a really basic Stratocaster, just Sunburst American Standard Strat, and it was I had another 
strat you know i had actually two other strats and i was like i don't play this one as much i'll trade this one out and that's what i got my jazz master i did you know some some trading for that but i kind of miss it you know something about that guitar for some reason it was just really comfortable it didn't like thrill me all the time but it was just a cool strat luckily i haven't gotten rid of anything that was like god i miss it so much but that's good. Well, you know, you're young still. Yeah, I don't have, I don't <laughs> There's have. plenty of time for regret later in life. <laughs> it's very, very, very true. Good segue, because that brings me to my next question. What's the one that got away? You have told me in tr- all your travels that you, kind of like us being in a music store, yeah. only it's maybe worse for you because you're going into a variety of music stores all the time, pre-COVID. It's really tough. Seeing guitars all the time, having the opportunity to buy guitars and buy guitars all the time. What's the one you didn't buy that you wish you had? The one that haunts you to this day? Man, that's a really, really good question. Um, there was a custom shop, Telly, and it was on Reverb for three years. And it was a master built. And he started it. I t- I've told you this, I think. You told me this, yeah. He started this at 20 grand. I'm <laughs> just like, come on, man. <laughs> like, it's not worth $20,000. It was, though, as far as the most beautiful electric guitar I've ever seen. And uh, I messaged this guy probably. 10 times over those three years, you know, and I just saw the price come down and down and down and down. It was 15 and then it was 10 and then it was eight and then it was seven and then it was six. And I'm I'm like, nope, still way, way, way out of my price range. Um, And I thought to myself, I was like, if it gets like close to four or three, then I I think I'm going to have to like, you know, rob a convenience store and get this guitar. (laughs) Um, And nobody knows me here. So I could easily knock off a few and nobody would know it's me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But but, uh, it sold and I, and it sold for under four grand. Oh man. It did. And I felt, I felt stupid. And the guy, I mean, what a jerk, man. Like he doesn't call you. He like messaged me. Like, you know, there's this guy who's like, and I, and I told him, I was like, Hey man, if you ever, you know, whatever. So I know, I know that he let it go. So yeah, that's the one that, that got away. But Every guitar that I've bought that is over that certain price point, I just, I don't want to buy guitars that are too, I, too aesthetically pleasing, too, because you just can't relax with them. They're tools. Yeah. So for me, like, I'd rather something be broke, you know, broken in, worn, have some dings on it and some pick rash and, you know, so that way you can kind of be liberated and just relax and just play the guitar. It's funny over the years, I've totally gotten over like the whole idea of inlay and stuff because... You don't look at it when you're playing. You really don't. Like, I forget what my guitars look like most of the time. And then I'll yeah. see. Uh, my son was playing, like, my 914C one day. And I'm sitting kind of in an audience watching him play this guitar. I was like, that's a really beautiful guitar. Like, but I forget because I'm just, I'm on the other side of it most of the time. So Okay, I'm glad you brought that up because I used to do this where, you know, when I would spec out custom guitars for events, I used to love leaving the fretboard blank. Mm-hmm. You know, you still have side dots for navigation, but you have, but the fretboard's nice and clean. And I think that's a really elegant look. But then I learned that people that don't have huge bellies like me, uh, use those front inlays for navigation. But I do not understand. That. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I, I can't even see it could, it could, uh, the fretboard could say JR's an idiot. And I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't know it cause I can't see it from where I'm playing. But yeah, some skinny people use the front inlays for navigation. That's cause they started on an ovation. Yeah, that's true. I will tell you that, so when I'm playing at a show, my goal is to not look down, you know, I want to try to make eye contact throughout. Um, and I, the only time I ever look at the fretboard when I'm playing is when we're doing demos because I don't want to be like staring at the camera. So I kind of look down. Playing the presentation series T5 today, 
I got distracted by the you inlay. Yourself looking at the it inlay. was the first time that I've ever been like, I have to look at these side dots. Because usually, you know, I'm just kind of there and everything. But I was looking at the inlay and admiring it during. And I was like, I'm going to mess up right now. And I had to like reset <laughs> in my mind a little bit. But yeah, that was well, the we, first time. We noticed. Beautiful. Yeah, you guys noticed. Yeah, we noticed that you were Chris, messing up. Chris, before we go to the next one, I got to hear what your one that got away was. And I think I want to hear if you know what mine was because we talked about this before in the moment yeah so but do you rem- do you remember which mine was <sighs> we at were, the store it was, it was in the custom shop video we just talked about this wasn't it it well that one was great but it was a i'm not sure if we did a video on it i just know it was in the acoustic room downstairs oh vaguely i don't remember what it was do you remember though. that custom shop j45 yes that like vintage yes one? we oh had that forever gosh. too yeah here's the problem so gibson does these custom shop j45s these like the banner headstock ones and the finish on them looks like a five-year-old put it on with a, with a brush right because Super it's supposed thin. to be this old style you know brushed on finish like they did back then and so most people don't get it and and they buy the guitar not for the reason that you should which is it plays amazing and it sounds amazing so we had that guitar for a long time and it sounded amazing it sounded amazing that one i played a collings in austin that was one of the hand rubbed like varnish finishes and it had like a it looked like somebody took like a can opener to the top it was this huge gouge out of it oh man and it was eight thousand dollars it was like it was trashed yeah. But they were like, oh, this is the French lacquer or whatever. This, you know, we cannot let this go. And so that I one. I don't care if it's French. Yeah. This one made me so mad. The J45, he knows this, but when we did the 611s for the first time, GT611, yeah. I fell in love with that guitar. Such so an amazing there's guitar. certain acoustics that like come in the store or I go play them somewhere else. And uh, yeah, the bummer was we kept getting like. It was like, oh, we got one more 611 in, and then it would go. And I'm like, I didn't even get the chance to play another one after that video. But, yeah, there's stuff along the way that I've You guys really have two more done. coming. Yeah. I got I got you two more. You're going to want to go to Alamo Music Deck. <laughs> <laughs> that guitar is amazing. Uh, my, I have two that haunt me. Uh, one was a custom shop Tele Relic that I've talked about mm-hmm. that we had in the store. Well, you know what we got down in the it, warehouse right now, Chris? I know. I know. It's, I don't <laughs> Do you know. have the exact. We have another one. It's, yeah, it's it's like the 50, it's like the no caster spec. Yeah, yeah. With a compound radius. And this particular one was, we had two. We had a Relic and a Heavy Relic, and I liked the Relic better. It was lighter. It just, it was a really, it just sounded great. It played great. And a, a local guy bought it, and I was just really sad. And then he sold it to buy a Land Rover or something. And I was like, that's stupid. And that's I, when you use that CRM you know, system, be like, hey. And I couldn't stuff. buy it, and I was just, uh, that that haunts me. And then years ago, there was a store here in town that's not around anymore called uh, House of Guitars. Not the House of Guitars up in Tulsa. Different House of Guitars. There's one in Rochester, too. There's one in there. Yeah, one, there's th- this, this House of Guitars was uh, was demoed. <laughs> it was foreclosed on. Oh, wow, okay. So they're not around anymore. But he was a Breedlove dealer and a PRS dealer back in the day. And he had a he had a Breedlove Classic 12. Did you ever play one of those? I have. 12 string. This was striped ebony back and sides. And I'd played a few, but that particular one sounded awesome. And five years later, he still had it. And he would not deal on it. And I just, to this day, I'm, I, I occasionally I'll like cruise reverb looking for one, you know, like that was a really cool guitar. Maybe if he sold you that guitar. 
They kept the lights on. That one, you know yeah. No, actually, the last time I ever went to that shop, I, I heard bad things. I wanted to speak out of turn. I don't know where he is now, but evidently when he closed, he had a lot of people's stuff in there, and he just went out of business, and they had their stuff in there. But the last time I went in, and I and he still had that guitar, his lights were not all on. They were like, it was mostly dark in the store. And I was like, you still won't deal on this guitar? You got one light bulb left. <laughs> Give me that guitar. So, anyways. Hey, you got to give it to him. That's that's commitment. That's commitment, commitment to trying to, to hold the that margin. margin. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways. So, those, those are mine. Um, all right. So, I've got a question for you, Daryl. You are a music instrument retail rep. You rep Taylor Guitars. What's the best thing and worst thing about your job? The best thing is that, you know, I, I talk to other reps and you hear what they're given to do their job. And I'm really, you know, I'm really lucky. You know, I mean, I have an app on my phone, and I can tell you, you know, what what guitars you have on order, and I can look up pricing, and I can spec a custom guitar right from right from this telephone. I have, um, you know, somebody in every department that I can call, and they'll they'll be responsive. They'll pick up. They'll get back to you. Um, they're not afraid to mix it up with end users and with dealers, right? So if you need somebody from marketing to engage with somebody from, you know, a dealer or a customer or whatever, uh, everyone's really willing to do it. And now that we're employee owned, there is a, you know, kind of an upgraded sense of just, you know, hey, we really believe in what we're doing. And like I said, I've had jobs where it's just coming in the morning and there's a whole office full of people. Hey, good morning. And everyone's just like, Ugh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and uh, yeah, so, and again, that's that's what I miss the most. Probably is just the people, you know, there's an office that when I wasn't traveling, I would go there every day, 8 to 4.30. So I do miss that. Um, but you you definitely get a lot more work done uh, yes. being able to go into a room, close a door. Um, my least favorite is probably just, um, God, it's it's hard to say. It's really hard to say. Things change so fast. And so that's really what they tell you in the beginning. It's like if you if you can't embrace change, then you're you're not going to you're not going to make it here. And so I wouldn't say that it's my least favorite thing, but you definitely do get kind of stuck in in certain things and then something changes and it's like like oh, perfect example, the 800 series. Remember we revoiced the 800 series, mm-hmm. the thin finish, the protein glues. Mm-hmm. I was like, why are we changing the 800 series? The 800 series is great. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. All of those, like, you know, legacy thinking kind of stubborn uh, things. And you know what? They'll, they proved me wrong then, and they, they keep proving me wrong. So I can't really think of a change. I was like, they changed that, and it was for the worst. Um, so I think that's the, the, the most beautiful double-edged sword, that things always change, but it, they're for the better. And we don't rest on our laurels. We're always trying to make a better guitar, make a better place to work. Yeah. Well, hold that thought, but I've got another, uh, in regards, worst thing about your job. JR, can you tell me when I'm going to get that 814 CE that I ordered? <laughs> yeah, I've become a uh, <laughs> status check sales manager, professional status checks. Um, of course, this is all because of COVID. It's because of COVID, yeah. yeah. I mean, again, I mean, we, we've had, we have such smart people that are that are doing this. They, For example, there's certain guitars that they'll release uh, because we couldn't build another guitar. Yeah. And they're able to pivot and make that quick of a decision. It's impressive. So it's like, oh my goodness, we're out of cases. We can't ship this guitar or we're out of hardware or the finish is difficult to supply. I mean, every industry, I don't care what it is, has dealt with some kind of supply chain issues. So yeah, right now, when am I going to see my guitar is the number one uh, question that gets asked. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which is okay. I understand. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have ordered guitars too, and it's painful to wait. <laughs> the crazy part is whenever we ask you that question and annoy you, uh, whenever you give us the answer, it's like, oh, oh, awesome. <laughs> Everyone else, you're like, oh, that'll probably, sorry, man, it's probably going to be in, like next month. And everybody else is like, have you ever heard of 2025? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so I keep trying to tell JR this. And we have these conversations. So you, <laughs> I, I think you know this. We have a call every Monday. Yeah. We call our bro call. That's and, right. And JR and I just talk about all sorts of stuff. But I've told him, I've tried to reassure him several times. Like, he's like, man, I feel so bad. I'm sorry. I can't tell you. That guitar's probably three months out. I'm like, that's great. Other manufacturers That's are so saying awesome, it's three dude. years out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at least they're telling you something. Because honestly, like, I think I've, I've crafted the perfect response to the, when is the guitar going to arrive? And it's like, this is a new order. I'm going to place this order. When do you think I'll see it? And the first answer is, well, first off, I don't know. <laughs> okay? The second answer is, I've seen, from what I've seen, I think between 60 and 90 days. I think. I think that's a pretty... Edu- you know, good, solid, educated guess. Um, but it could be four to six months because I've also seen that happen. But really what I tell a customer is three to four months. <laughs> so, And we're usually in that 60 to 90 day for a new order, which I think right in all things considered is, is amazing. No, and that's great. That's very eloquently noncommittal. <laughs> well, I am in sales after all. So that mouth is moving. No. Um, but again, I, you know, you've seen it, but there's always those outliers. Yeah. You know, Gary had that custom guitar that he put on order for, for that person. It's still down there. She hasn't picked it up. I yeah. was sweating. See, you know, <laughs> I was, I was like really happy to see it, but then I was like, wait a second. We, I was sweating, getting it out. It's been here for weeks. She hasn't picked it up yet. You know, go figure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You want to take the next one? Yeah. So what I want you to do next, go into your work email. And tell us every secret that you know about Taylor for, that's coming in the next five years, and oh. let us put it online. <laughs> oh gosh, we're I gonna wish. break the news here. I wish. Forget the Nam shows; it's on the podcast. <laughs> um, no, you know, there's there is a a very special elite group of of people at Taylor that um, are in the NPD meeting, new product development meeting. Nice, but they don't they don't let the sales guys in those meetings because no. they because they know, they know. right. Yeah, we're and it's it's it, just yeah. like the you know rumors right when you're in school. It's like you tell somebody that you trust implicitly, right? And they're not going to say anything because they tell who they trust implicitly, and then it, and everyone trusts everyone, and everyone knows everything. And yeah, yeah. So loose lips sink ships. But uh, I can tell you that there's a lot of exciting things that are coming, and it's a great great time to be in the guitar industry because you got to admit. Most people are making the best stuff they've ever made right now. I think so. I would, I would, I'd say Martin, Martin's making the great, the best guitars I think they've ever made right now. Yeah. Yeah. And we definitely are too. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. So being in the music industry, Taylor 18 years, selling things mobily at Costco prior to that, uh, if you could change one thing, one thing, Jared, about the music instrument business, what would it be? Ooh, man, that's a heavy, heavy topic. Man, I really could have given this some thought had I had the questions uh, beforehand. It's funny because <laughs> JR knows we've had conversations like this, and I'm very opinionated on this subject. You <laughs> I, I have a long list of things I would change. You do, and it's funny. Like, I guess, um, gosh, I really, I would really like to sit and think about that. But, but I think just when you compare certain industries to our industry. I'd say that our industry has embraced technology in a very big way in terms of, you know, systems and gears and, you know, uh, or, you know pieces of gear and, and technology and mixers and the fact that you can sit with an iPad and, and mix sound from the audience and, and things like that. That's amazing. But as far as just the um, 
being able to go to a store website and be able to know what's in stock everywhere, right? That's, that's, that's coming. Right? Mm-hmm. You're going to be able to know. You're going to be able to go to a vendor website, click on a certain model, and then be able to know that it's at Alamo Music in real time. And the industry is not there yet, but a lot of other industries are. You know why I think that is? Now we're going to go on a tangent. Yeah, let's hear okay, it. But it's, it's intriguing that you think that. I'm curious, Cooper, your thoughts. I think the reason that our industry has lagged that is because most other industries that have that type of implementation and technology integration no longer have mom-and-pop stores. You might, you might be right. I mean, so think about it. If a clothing boutique, most of the time, if you're going to go buy clothing, it's a big company. If it's a small company, they don't have that type of integration or they don't carry big brands and you can't go to like a Levi's website and find it in store or something like that. Same thing goes for jewelry, same thing. Like, it seems that in other industries where smaller companies have kind of you know, given way to big companies, this technology has come in and now it's become commonplace. So our industry has two choices. Either it's going to follow suit or smaller independent shops like us have got to figure it out. Well, I think that a lot of times people use the analogy of uh, the movie theaters, mm-hmm. right? It's like the VHS is going to put movie theaters out of business. Who's <laughs> going to want to come to a movie theater, you know, anymore? Um, and then, you know, the DVD and Blu-ray and Laserdisc and every other... Streaming. Yes, yeah, streaming. Thank you. But you know what? People still like going to the movies. Yep. And the theaters have had to up their game. They've had to, you know, have seats that rattle, and they've had to have better, better screens. And and, and now they serve beer, and you can have, you know, really really good meals at movie theaters and things like that. And I'm not talking about a paper cup. I mean a glass of beer. Yes. Sorry, Pulp Fiction reference. <laughs> um, but really, though, it's it's one of those things where I think that, and, I, and I've seen it. I mean, I've seen stores have evolved. Alamo Music. Yeah. I became your rep in late 2008, right? I was hired in. Late 2013. Yeah. Yeah. And so the the amount of growth and evolution from 09 to 13, 13 to 22, and hey, five years from now, yeah, it's pretty exciting stuff. So if you guys hadn't adapted, who knows where you'd be right now? Maybe right. maybe you wouldn't still still be open. So I'm very hopeful for independent businesses, um, but the good ones are the ones that are going to not only survive, but they're they're going to do really well. Um, but they can't, they can't rest on their laurels and they can't think what they did 10 years ago is going to work now. Yeah. And they have to embrace technology. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. And you know, here's the funny thing about it is as technology becomes more ubiquitous, the bar lowers, it becomes easier to integrate these things and deal with these things. You know, when it's just kind of the select few, it's more difficult to deal with. And so you just have to be willing to, but you know, I've said this before and I, and I don't apologize for it. I could go to a NAM show and I could stand in front of a 50 dealers and I could tell them exactly what to do and one might do it. Yeah. So, you know, I think the thing is it's going to be tough too, because no matter what people want to go to a place and play the instrument that they're yeah. about to buy. Correct. So it'll be nice for a reference to be able to be like, oh, I can go to Alamo. They have one of those. But, for example, we had a 914 not too long ago, and a customer really dug it. But he lived out of state, and he asked for some videos to hear it. And we sent him two, one where I was flat picking, one where I was finger picking. And he said, well, they're they're both just beautiful, but I like I like the one from the first video more. And I didn't have the heart to tell him, like, oh, man, it's the same guitar. Dude. I was just, But he was like, I'll take that one. Okay. He got the guitar, and he was like, maybe it was the other one. Maybe I just needed the other one. Wow. So finally I had to be like, it's, it was the same guitar. But there's, there's something tough when it becomes 
at a distance. Yeah. Yes, it's great that everybody from anywhere can order from anybody now, but there's there's always going to be uh, barriers until it's like you're playing the exact guitar that you want and you feel it. You got to feel it like, you know, in your hands and hear it and just the vibe. So I think that will be something that's a constant for music stores for well, sure. I've heard Bob Taylor talk about this. I mean, he's he has said Taylor makes probably arguably some of the most consistent acoustic guitars in the world. And yet nothing really replaces playing the guitar. Yeah. that you're going to buy. Play it. And again, I mean, they're guitars. People make the guitars, right? And people are infallible. There's no such thing as a perfect guitar. One of my favorite Bob Taylor stories is a customer came up to him at an amp show and he was really, they were he was really upset because his guitar had you know, I think he had said, he's like, look at this, there's, five, there's there's three problems with this guitar. He's like, this is wrong, and this is wrong, and this is wrong. And he handed it to Bob, and Bob looked at it, and he's like, actually, I can see like eight things wrong with this guitar. Such a Bob Taylor right? thing to say. But really, though, that's the thing. It's like, um, they're tools, right? And yeah. and they are, um, there are little things that about them that are perfect, and there are other things that you're like, if you really kind of scrutinize them, be like, but man, play it. Yeah. Play the guitar. Yeah. Don't get too caught up in, in the minutia of things. If it doesn't sound good, if there's an actual playability functional thing that's obvious, you can't enjoy it for that. But for the most part, yeah, you can obsess. I, I got into uh, weights of guitars for a while, mm. and, and I, I was really like, I had self-loathing about it, because I was just <laughs> like, I'm that guy right now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but when you have multiple of the same kind of guitar, and yeah. you realize that like this one's eight pounds and this one's six pounds, and it's like, ooh, these are really close. And then you're like, well, now I want to know how all my guitars weigh. I'm weighing all my guitars, and I'm just like, you know, I need to stop. You know, like I didn't practice at all. I didn't improve w- at all during this whole <laughs> this whole exercise. I have no <laughs> idea how much any of my guitars weigh. I'm just gonna say. All right, well then, yeah, you're you're a good man. All right, so I've got a question for you. In all the years you've been doing this, you've gone to multiple dealers. You've done all sorts of road shows and damn shows and everything. I want to hear either the most horrific or weird story that comes to mind for you about all of those travels? I don't know why this came to mind. Um, (laughs) Because it's the one you need to share. This was in Austin, and I remember that we we were doing a road show there, and it was right after the GS Mini got released. And uh, sometimes the stores serve uh, alcohol at the the road shows. Yeah, you lubricate them up, and they spend more. Yeah, well... It's a secret weapon. I think, you know, whatever. I don't (laughs) know. (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to crawl into the, the head of the dealers. But yeah, you know, they, they uh, create a nice little environment and everybody has uh, you know, a couple of beverages and it's great. Um, when it was time, you know, we, we do what we call the petting zoo in the middle of the road show where everyone gets to play the guitars and, uh, and it's a great time. Um, so after the, the petting zoo was done and we resumed the rest of the show, it came time to demonstrate the new GS Mini. And this lady did not want to give, give up the guitar. I mean, not in a funny way, like, ha I think I'm going to hang on to this. Like we had to actually like like kind of ma'am can we please can we please have the guitar we just we'll give it right back we just wanted to play it so everyone can hear what it sounds like and she's just like <laughs> not letting go yeah it was like this is my child I'm not giving it back so that was that was kind of uh, kind of funny um, there's there's been a bunch of places we've done them all over the place we've done them obviously in music stores we've yeah. done them outdoors we've done them in parking lots we've done them at restaurants and bars I did it in, in a, a church you know churches I've done them at old uh, old houses uh, they're always cool they're you can always create an environment and I look forward to doing events again do you remember when we did one here and like a guy decided that he was going to turn the end of the event into a de facto open mic 
<laughs> yes. Yeah, that happens too. People that are just like, I wish I could have that kind of confidence where I could just belt out in front of a bunch of strangers. Like in the and middle just sing. of the sales event. Right. Uninvited. <laughs> Let me just get up. Look, there's a guitar and there's a mic. I'm just going to start an open mic right here. <laughs> I do remember and that. I remember standing there going, what is happening right now? We've had some of the legendary road shows here, man. Uh, I went to a road show here that, I mean, Maurice and I got to jam out because there was there. I think at that point there was like, if anybody wants to jam or right. it's towards the end of the night, there was like a, a sunburst top. It had to be, uh, it was like a grand concert without a cutaway. It was just beautiful. And I fell in love with that guitar and it was like a one-off something, but I love that guitar. Maurice was jamming on something else. And I just remember trading back and forth, and that was, like, one of my favorite. That was before I worked here or anything. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. Uh, but it always seems like at Alamo Music Events, one guy at the end of the night wants to play a lot longer than anybody else, and it ruins it. <laughs> or the, the, we've had it where the people show up way before, like, hours before the event starts. We're still setting up, and they just, like, want to sit there and talk. And it's just like... Yeah, what's that one? How much is that yeah, one? Yeah, how much is that one? Or, like, you know, pick your brain before the event starts, and just, like... Starts at six o'clock. So what are we talking about tonight? <laughs> so, yeah. I miss road shows. I'm look. I look forward to having them again. Me too, man. Me too. Yeah. I mean, it, if you think about it, it's like you guys can do. You guys could do a road show without oh, sure. without us. With I mean, honestly, we could ship you guys a bunch of guitars. We'll just start you doing can road do shows your video for on stage live. That's a home show. That's really. That, <laughs> we need somebody from on the road. <laughs> home show. That's a home show. But really, though, I mean, you guys, you guys. Uh, do a fantastic job. Obviously, I'm here, Thank and you. you know it's not lip service. Like you guys have really created a great online representation. You have a great in-store representation, but people can hear the differences. They can hear different players playing them. They can hear you know like just players' perspective, uh, perspective on them. Also, sales and get the details and the you know the music. Yeah, you guys just do a really top-notch job. So keep Thanks, keep it up, man. man. Yeah, it was cool to get to see how how you guys do it today. So, so uh, given the changing world we're in. How, where do you see your job in five to ten years, like in the industry, not just for you, but do you think the the job of the typical sales rep is going to be static or is it going to change given how the world's changed? That's a good question. You know, um, I think that there's, you know, again, like I said earlier, I think there's always going to be a uh, retail storefronts, to your point, Cooper. Mm-hmm. You know, people like to come and experience this stuff and it, it's not really not very exciting, you know, talk about the story of how you bought a guitar online. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got up in the middle of the night, hmm. and I stumbled to my computer, <laughs> and I, I saw a guitar, and I clicked it, and then it arrived five days later in a box. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's not very exciting. Legend. <laughs> exactly. Legend says he was up late one night on reverb. Yeah, but even, like, think of Manny, right? Manny, great customer of yeah. Alamos. He did uh, that, that K-22, yeah. right? And you guys did a video about it. And he, you know, he's got, he has a story there. So yeah. even though he ordered it, he didn't see it. He got it sound, sound unheard, sight unseen. You know, there's still a little bit of uh, romance, romance yeah. for that. So as far as where I see the industry, I think it's, it's going to be the online buying experience is going to increase. Mm-hmm. And there's always going to be, like I said, always going to be a reason to have a store. But if you're a music store, you better figure out how to do similar to what you guys are doing or what Wildwood's doing or Music Villa yeah. or, you know. Make sure that you can show people in different ways what the guitars feel, sound, taste like, all that, and be able to do it online. <laughs> this one tastes like wood and glue. 
<laughs> this one tastes like a wonderful sound of a guitar. So with all the travel that the job typically entails, would you recommend it to other people? And what would you tell them? Like, if I'm going to be like, say someone says, I want to do that. I want to go work for a guitar company and travel to different dealers and sell guitars. Would I recommend it? Would you recommend it? Yeah. I mean, I love it so much that I... I go through the travel part, which I don't like. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> the rest is, is good enough. I love, I, I love it. There's, there's, to me, there's nothing better than going, going to a store and just seeing, first off, how they've merchandised the store different, right? Seeing what people have evolved in their, in their roles, right? I mean, we've seen people go from, you know, frontline, whatever, reception to being, you know, executives in, in certain companies, which is amazing, right, to see. So I enjoy that part. I like enjoy seeing all the new brands from all the different, you know, uh, manufacturers. I like seeing just what, what is new, what is late and, and great. So I, I, I would recommend it. I would say that it's a, a fantastic thing, and um, it's tough to be away from away from home. Yeah, but to me, that was the reason why why I moved here. You know, when I flew to Nashville, it was two hours instead of four hours. Yeah, right. And I'll I'll kiss my wife and daughter tonight. You know, after after this. Yeah. So yeah. So it's it's great, man. So given that you love the job so much, if you could not do it for Taylor, is there another guitar company that you're like, okay, I could do this for them too? Wow, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, you know, Callings is in Austin. Yeah, and so if I could stay in Texas and and work work for uh, Callings, yeah, that would be that would be great. I don't know if they have if they have sales salespeople or what what know. the deal is with Callings. I don't know if they have anything. <laughs> but no, but it, really, the the truth is, I hope I never ever have to work for another guitar company. I want to work for Taylor uh, as long as they'll have me. So. And who's the one you don't ever want to work for? <laughs> <laughs> guitar company. <laughs> um, I I I couldn't say. Couldn't say. I couldn't say. But could say, won't say. <laughs> but having said that, you know, I've talked to all these other reps, and and I don't know any other rep in this industry that's only repped for one company. Yeah, it seems like most of the reps they you know tend to move around. Yeah, they kind of do get shifted around. So I don't want I don't want to work for anybody else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if it like I don't know of a nicer guitar that's made in Texas than Callings. So if it, if it means staying here and and I can still sell guitars and not move, then yeah, it's Callings. But no, it's Taylor. It's Taylor for life, man. Awesome. Well, you do a good job at it. I have a, one more question. Can you poach me from Alamo Music one day? <laughs> Yes. I'll, I'll just go work for you. You can replace me. I'll go work for you. <laughs> you and Chris both, man. You guys, uh, you know, that's why I don't brag on you too much. You know, you guys. Take his job. Exactly. So. <laughs> we'll just drive around. We'll do the travel for you. You can hang at home. But yeah, I was going to say, start, if yeah. Taylor doesn't want to do road shows anymore, we'll just do the road shows for Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I've always kind of felt that, you know, we, we have a handful of really, you know, gifted people. Like I always kind of talked about Zach uh, Arntz, mm -hmm. who was service manager. He's the one that hired me. And uh, I think he is, you know, arguably the greatest presenter that we have. There's a lot of great presenters. So if you sent him and Mark Seal yeah. or, Mar or Michael Lilly, right, one of those caliber of players, and they were just the roadshow team, and that's all they did was go and do roadshows, I think that everybody would be entertained and uh, and have a great time. And then you could let the, the sales monkeys just focus on sales. <laughs> so. Yeah, Mark does a great job. We've always had good roadshows. Yeah, shows. I miss Mark, man. Yeah, I miss roadshows. We'll have to get back to it. So, For Well, sure. you, you have been a great rep. I've told you this numerous times since you've bragged on us that you know, we have a lot of different 
manufacture relationships and each one of those relationships typically involves someone that's in sales for them, either inside or outside or both. And um, you and, and Eric tend to shine among the bunch um, as far as being just stellar at your job. Thank you. Um, and, Eric Long and Han Fender. Eric Long and Han, Long Rooster yep. from Fender. Um, that's what his name means. <laughs> uh, so anyways, that's a nice way of saying it. But uh, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of guys out there that are also good at their jobs, but they don't communicate as well and they, you know, et cetera. So kudos to you. So Thank you very much. You're the man. Thank yeah, you for yeah. being here, dude. Thanks Thank for joining you. us on the, the fretboard confessional. We try to get as much confession out of you as possible. These are hard-hitting questions. Yeah. yeah who, what other guitar company would I work for? I feel like compelled to answer that. <laughs> the really title wanted... of the episode is going to be like, Rep from Taylor says, says what? Says he click, wants to work for colleagues. Click, click me. I don't want to work for. I don't want to work for anyone else. That's 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 what the media nowadays would do, right? That would be the headline. Take Absolutely. the little snippet out of it and make it about that. So. Rep from Taylor leaves work early to kiss wife. <laughs> totally. Look at him phoning it, phoning it in. Wait, what? Before we go though, there was something like I, I wanted to ask you guys all this question. Yeah. Okay. If there's one guitar and there's a fire, and you that you can only grab one. What guitar is it? It's my 914C. Love it. The Chris McKee signature model, the original. It's the original. That guitar has been stolen and returned, and I've. it's like conformed to my hand, the neck. Like nothing else I play, even other stuff I own, feels like that guitar. That's how worn in it is to me. And so, yeah, if I'm if if I have to grab one, it's that one. That's the one? Yeah. Awesome. What about you, Cooper? Um, For me, it's my, my Fender. Have you seen Can that you guitar? Make that play a that guitar? Bit more <laughs> Which Fender? <laughs> it's my Fender. Your, I have seven. Your custom shop acoustic. Yeah, my. Have you seen my custom shop Fender acoustic? No, this is a Ren, a Ren Ferguson one, or what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. It was uh, back when they did that short run. And that was also you know, stolen and returned. The stolen return. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Story. See, story exactly. Next time you're you're coming to the store, I'll bring it down. I want Please you to do. try it. It's really cool. I'm check it's it out. again. It's the neck is like totally worn away. But yeah, that's the one that I play at every show. So is that when you'll be playing at the, uh, oh, the yeah. gig here coming up oh, next I'm month? I'm playing at the gig for right. sure. Dude. Nice. Yeah. yeah Cooper Greenberg really cool. and uh, Second Son at. Uh, hey, Fitz- Favorite Son. Favorite Son. Oh, I thought it was Second Son. I'm sorry. God. It's all right. I scratched that. Yeah. Sorry. Well, the other day, <laughs> uh, another guy that works here, I put out an album called Silver Belly. He's like, dude, I've been jamming Gold Belly. <laughs> <laughs> that album is great, dude. Yeah, Every track. You, dude. Tommy Munter. Uh, you know. Gold Belly from that band, Favorite Daughter. Yeah. <laughs> That's the parody version. We did a video with yeah. his uh, Fender custom acoustic. Okay. Um, what was so, the topic of the video? Uh, it, it, what was it? It we, was really just talking about, because we did one. Well, we're talking we were, about cu- doing, we're like doing custom guitars and stuff. And, stuff, and yeah. like, kind of, you know, not as intuitive, like, but this can, you know, find the right guitar for you kind of thing, you know. It was just cool, man. I I love that guitar. It's very, very warm sound. But the thing is, I'm realizing I've been collecting so many electric guitars. I play acoustic 10 times more than I play electric. So it's about time for me to start focusing on building the acoustic collection, you know? You know, it's interesting, though. Your guitar, uh, my guitar, I feel like it's something that I, I recognize from a lot of guitar players is there tends to be that one. Yeah. That one guitar that they're kind of known for, or that one guitar that you typically always see them playing on. And that's that's how it is for me with that 914C. That's how it is for you with your Fender Acoustic. Do you have a guitar like that? The one that, is it that Tele? It, it, electrics, yeah, but I can replace that. That's the thing. Yeah. It's it, There's nothing in that guitar that isn't replaceable. 
you know, antiquity pickups, they Seymour Duncan makes those. They're they're not going anywhere. It, yeah. would, it would be my 512. It would be. It would be the Taylor 512. You know, yeah. I don't know if I ever told you this. When my 914C was stolen, it was pretty irreplaceable. Y'all had moved on from it at that point. But I found one just like it. Same year. And I got it. And the neck was just a little bit different. But it was close enough, you know. And uh, it was just a few months difference in build. So this one actually had the full NT neck versus mine, which doesn't. And uh, and then I got my guitar returned to me. So I had two identical 914Cs I didn't know for this. a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> really. And at some point, I think it was a combination of needing money and feeling a bit like a douchebag having two <laughs> identical 914Cs. I sold one. I sold it off to some guy who was a worship leader in like Wyoming or something. But I kept the original. I didn't keep the newer one. And so it, it was interesting because even in that, having the exact same models uh, from the same year, from it just still wasn't the same guitar. I think it's awesome that you had two. I I don't think that's, you know, debaggery at all. I think that's awesome. Because you need a backup, don't you? I mean, don't well, you take yeah, a backup to it, church? It's funny. When Dave Matthews was playing these, what, do you have like three or four of them or something yep. like that? Yeah. They call that the uh, the 1828, dude. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I watched... Central Park concert last night, like a clip from it. Dave Matthews, he was playing 914, dude. And yeah. it was like, you know, I always the run out guitar, the one with like, it's all worn out. Right. Yeah. You have one, like the top, the bass side's like bleached white and the, yeah. the treble side well, is like, like that. Mine has run out and I don't care. It sounds great. Run out's great, dude. That's yeah. character. Yeah. Yeah. No, but you know, what's funny about that is th- there's a, there's a curse and a blessing of that. Everyone's like, oh, you have the same guitar Dave Matthews has. No. He has the same guitar that Chris McKee has because I had mine first. But I always did love the story that he didn't get that from you guys. No. He bought that from a guitar store that he he went and he played in. He fell in love with it. He bought the guitar and then it was on stage and then he bought another one and another one. And I just thought, you know, what? that's a testament. When, a, when an artist goes and just buys the guitar versus it being given to them by a manufacturer, yeah. even if it's a signature model that they had done, it's, you know special we love that because that's why we don't give give guitars to our artists so if you see an artist playing a taylor they they did pay for it yep yeah there you go so i heard he named that one little baby little baby (laughs) (laughs) and on that note (laughs) i think we call it a wrap so hey again jr thanks for joining us for our podcast Um, make sure that you subscribe and listen as we put these out and if you aren't doing so follow us on our youtube channel and you can check out our website. What website is that, Cooper? I think you're going to want to go to alamomusic.com. <laughs> That's so like what news radio in the morning weather type voice. I love it. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you all later. <laughs>